and welcome to another episode of New Age Life. I'm your host Garima, and today we have the talented Lee and Roberts. Hello. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And how are you? I'm fine. You're doing so well with the podcast. Keep that up, Girl Power. <laughs> I've just started, so I can't say anything right now. Oh, I think you'll do very well. I've been listening, and I think you'll do very, very well. Oh, thank you, thank you for that. So, Leanne, tell us about yourself. What do you do? Well, I'm an author. Um, I write short films for short film, uh, short stories for short film. Um, but we've taken on the massive project of turning book one of my trilogy into a screenplay with my amazingly talented partner Zach through his studio, Elbahi Studios. Um, so we're, we have a bit of work ahead of us, you know, getting the screenplay right and getting the trailer perfect, which mm-hmm. we are going to take to Cannes Film Festival wow. and try to get funded. So, is this all going to be done within this year or when? Well, we are hoping for winter cans, but we do have a, you know, a certain point to hit where it's it's got to be perfect in order to grab the attention. Because at cans, you don't have the buffers in front of you, so you're speaking directly to, you know, the, the head honchos. So the, the trailer has to be, it has to pop to grab the attention, you know. Yeah, if you're aiming for such a big event like the Cannes Film Festival, that's a big thing and it has to be perfect, you know. Yeah, so that, it could take a little longer, it might have to be the Cannes after that, but we're okay with that. We've been bouncing ideas around and the creative energy has been fantastic it's all positive we have the same vision of how we want it to pop on screen you know mm-hmm. that's great that's a big ambition you have yeah that's what i'm working on right now i've actually pulled the book from amazon so that i can make the changes and what's happened is as you go it's a domino effect and i've ended up the books longer because I've had to add more dialogue and change things to match yeah. the things that I've taken out or changed. But um, I think it'll be worth it because we can then work off the new book for the screenplay. Okay, that's great. So uh, you started writing books before you went on to screenplay? Yeah. Okay. I started writing books before I got my honours degree. Um, English literature and creative writing Um, so that was one of the things that was annoying me that I wanted to go back and use my education to change it and that's why I do the the tips of the day on on LinkedIn because one of the things that really annoy me when you see on social media is these people who they charge for a creative writing course and at the end of it nobody still knows how to write you know, and it really it annoys me because these people are making a lot of money from people wanting to be writers, but they're not actually teaching them how to be writers. So I thought I'll put up the tips of the day for free, you know, and writers are free to DM me with their, their work and I can tell them what works, what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I enjoy that. I do that around my writing. And now this massive project we're taking on. So yeah, it's, it's going down well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you are right. Uh, especially nowadays, it's very difficult to tell because people are busy offering maybe courses or even services just to collect money. And then sometimes the you, like as you said, you don't really learn anything. Yeah. So they're basically making money for nothing and teaching nothing. So I, I, it's something that annoys me. I don't agree with it. So that's why I use my LinkedIn platform mm-hmm. to do the pro writing tips of the day and encourage authors to send me their work. And, you know, I can help them structure it. 
tell them what's needed, what's not needed. Yeah, I I have seen your uh, tips, your pro writing tips, and they are very, very uh, valuable. And it's really good what you are doing to help other writers get some yeah. ideas. You know. Well, I believe in you know creative people helping each other. You know, I have so many ideas for mm-hmm. kind of different mm-hmm. kinds of creativity, not just writing. So, you know, I'm quite happy to share my knowledge and experience with with others mm-hmm. which is you know it's just my small way of giving back with the skills that I have you know I'm not a brain surgeon so I can't do pro bono surgeries or anything like that so my way mm-hmm. of giving back is giving free writing advice good i i have seen some other authors also on the linkedin they will also be um you know posting some tips on, on the writing you know but uh-huh. your own is like daily yeah and i like to i like to put the diagram up to show what exactly i'm talking about and then i like to write the paragraph to explain it yeah i so, i saw you know, i saw one one of the picture was it the drawing of a human being <laughs> yeah anybody it, who says sees that they will first of all think that is biology <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely and so they read the actual description <laughs> which sometimes people in linkedin don't always take the time to read the entire thing you know they they just kind of skim through it mm-hmm. but i uh, i usually find people that are interested in learning how to write are the ones that respond mm-hmm. so it's you know it's it's good i enjoy it i enjoy giving back yeah yeah giving back to the community and yeah. then uh, on the internet you don't know people from all around the world anybody can can look at your uh, what you are giving out and then you never know whom it can benefit exactly well i have people from all around the world you know that's that has been sending me messages saying can you look at my work you know i, I appreciate you putting these things up for free that kind of thing so that you know it's, i'm grateful for that i'm grateful that people actually ask for help mm-hmm. you good. know and doing it around my own writing it's it's really not that time consuming you know to put up a tip of the day for free for people you know it's there it's on my feature page so they can scroll through it take what they want take creative license as we writers do <laughs> we enjoy a good bit of creative license yeah so uh you wrote uh, a supernatural love trilogy right yes immortal okay. magic okay so what what is it about well it's basically about uh, a good witch and she fights evil she fights demons and all that kind of thing and she meets Michael DeMarco who is a vampire and he's a vampire prince and there's a, an old legend that any vampire born on new year's even a millennium is can take the throne of king so wow. you have the immortal <laughs> leaders at the moment okay. and you have the wicked council and they both monitor vampires behaviors and the wicked council make sure mm-hmm. nobody's abusing magic so mm-hmm. their love is very very forbidden and we don't know the consequences until the end of book 1 it's basically a continuing story mm-hmm. till the end where it it will all come together and you understand why she's the key okay so uh you know like especially nowadays many people write on so many different genres and uh like this one you are talking about writing on witches and vampires and the love story you know it is is a common thing so what do you think makes your own story different or unique from you know others um it's just my take on vampires in general i haven't made them evil i've i've had them 
although Michael DeMarco lives in a castle, he goes to university, he's constantly learning, he's over a thousand years old and he's still Whoa. learning. <laughs> so that's of course. <laughs> well in book two you get both Angel and Michael's perspective, so you get to know him a lot more in book two. Like how he thinks, how he works once he takes the throne. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's obviously you've got to create the, the tension so there's there's plots inside the castle walls to take him down, you know, mm-hmm. which is all kind of leading into book three for the final battle, which will show Angel's power as well. You know, she's, I wanted to write, I didn't want to write a, a victim female that has to be rescued by a man. I wanted to write a powerful female, mm-hmm. you know, so she's got all these powers. She can take care of herself. So she doesn't need him to constantly look after her. Mm-hmm. I like, I'm very much of women empowering women, sisterhood, you know. If we all done that, women would be unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most writers, they, uh, most authors, they write about women, the female character who is strong, who uh, doesn't want to depend on the male uh, character for anything. Strong yeah. female characters. It's become a trend. Yeah, it's because it's more refreshing. I mean, if you think about books you read before, the female was always the victim waiting for the man to come and rescue her, which I wanted to change that. I, I wanted to do that different. So, what we're going to focus on when we're shooting the trailer is mm-hmm. just how powerful Angel is before we even introduce Michael. So she has all these magical powers. So we're going to show that and then we'll show Michael. Okay. So it's not so much horror, you know, it's, there is very gruesome scenes in it, but it, it is centered around how, the protection of the relationship, this, for, this forbidden love story of not being discovered and then they eventually get discovered, so that's what leads into book two. I had it all mapped out in my head, as soon as I thought about it, it was like a, you know, like an idea in my head, like a pressure trying to come out, and I just sat down, I sat down and mapped it out, and then I started typing, and I just got completely lost in it. Mm-hmm. But now I'm making changes, so... <laughs> That's good. So, um, it's not easy to write a novel. So, I'm sure you must have like done some research into writing the story about the characters and so on. So, yes. how long did it take you before you're able to finish with all that? Well, I had the, the initial idea. I could see Michael very clear in my head with his vivid lilac eyes. So, that was the thing that stuck out along with wanting to make a powerful female protagonist, not a victim or not weak in any way. Um, And I began there, so I began, if you've read my tips of the day, you know I write lots of lists. So of my character traits, what, who they are, what they are, the kind of things they would say, do, um, experiences I've had in the past. So I began there. And then I was researching about vampires and witches and I took what I wanted from it, creative license, and the rest was really my imagination. Mm-hmm. Music music is what inspires me to write. I can't write without music. Mm-hmm. And so the whole process, it was during my first year of university and I wrote it in the summer. Mm-hmm. So I wrote it really in the six week break the entire manuscript, but that was simply a first draft. You've got to go back and change it, break it, change it again. As my professor used to say, wield that red pen, be ruthless. So there's certain elements that you have to take out that breaks your heart because you think they're wonderful, mm-hmm. but then they no longer fit with the next draft. So yeah, I would say between research, I think the research is the longest part. Actually, once you've done your research, 
getting your first draft down in paper is relatively quick. Doing the second draft is the slog. That's when you have to go through it with a fine tooth comb and do the paragraph structures and just make it better, change it and improve it. And then your third draft, <laughs> and then your full, if you're a perfectionist, your fourth draft. So I'm currently doing a, an editing and proofreading diploma so that I can, you know, have more objectivity because it's, mm-hmm. it's not easy to edit your own work because you're so close to it. Yeah, so yeah. And usually yeah. you are not able to edit your work as good as when other people do it. A professional does it, yeah, because they're not personally involved in the story. They're just reading the story as it is. So I'm doing the editing thing, hoping it might remove me a, a little bit from the story and able to edit it myself. Fingers crossed. <laughs> but if not, I'll get a professional editor to do it before we start on the screenplay and the trailer so that we know exactly. We've picked out the key scenes that we want in the trailer, so we have to shoot it down to 90 seconds in Obaya Studios. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a meeting with my creative director, screenwriter, Zach, and he's a genius with film. You know, he came up with some amazing ideas that we just we were bouncing off each other and it was, the creative energy was amazing, amazing. So I'm very, very optimistic. Well, that, that's, that's a good progress, you know, going from writing a novel to going, you know, uh, the, the screen, I mean, screenplay and then trying to make a movie out of it. Yeah. Um, a lot of movies nowadays are being based on novels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, a lot. I think you find most of the, the movies are based on a, a novel from some time period. Yeah. So it's it's quite it's harder though to adapt a screenplay from a novel. That's why the movie is usually pretty different from the book. Because you've got to for how it pops on screen, you've got to change certain elements for it to look better for the watcher. Mm-hmm. But the die had fans would be the readers. So the readers will read the book and understand the entire story on how it was originally written. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, but uh, I, I read <clears throat> on your profile that you have made short films of your short stories. Mm-hmm. So you have some experience of yes. the, uh, filmmaking. Yes. Well, thank you to Zach. Um, he formed his own studio. So it means that we do have access to filming equipment, locations, permits, mm-hmm. all that kind of thing. So that's why I chose him as my my partner in this. Uh, we've known each other for, for about five years, so it's it's very easy to work with him. The creative energy and the vision we have is, is shared. Mm-hmm. So it's good to have that you know, to be able to do the trailer with his equipment and things like that. So we need to make a blinding one so that it gets picked up in cans. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So after you have made the short movie, so how, I mean, do you show it on some channel or where? Um, It's on Instagram, YouTube. Okay. Um, If you go to uh, Elbahi Studios, there's a mm-hmm. website. Um, it's making horror okay. TV and games. Okay. So there's a lot on there as well as on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the movies, I didn't write it, but one of the movies has been nominated, I think, in the Edinburgh Film Festival. So that was wow. Zach that wrote that one. Wow, that's great. Even to get a nomination is, is a big thing, you know? Exactly, yeah. So it's a good thing to have on our resume when we go to Cannes, you know, that yeah. Zach has had a, a short movie nominated. 
mm-hmm. so it's a different kind of skill a short movie so I do believe you'll be able to shoot the trailer down to 90 seconds really well once we pick out the key scenes and then shorten it, shorten it, shorten it, you know, keep editing it until we think it's perfect. Okay. So when the audiences, when they watch that your short films, what type of feedback or what type of feedback do you get? The feedback is always great. It's it's very um, psychological based, getting into the human psyche. You know, it's not, there is some horror, there's blood and gore, but some of them are just very psychologically scary. Mm-hmm. Much like the way Stephen King can write a movie, mm-hmm. uh, a book that's not horror or sci-fi, but gets deep into your psyche and basically scares the crap out of you in the middle of the night. <laughs> so mm-hmm. a lot of the films are like that. Wow. But they're shot very well and edited very well and the actors are fantastic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So everything was done uh, in the UK? Yeah, and I'll buy his studios in Edinburgh. Okay. I'm in Glasgow, so we basically just come back and forth when we're bouncing ideas around, especially a project mm-hmm. as massive as this one. We're going to have to work closely together for the next foreseeable future until, until we have it perfect. I'm sure uh, the audience will be eager to watch your short movies now that you have talked about it in detail. Now I am also eager to <laughs> watch <laughs> your movies. I hope you enjoy them because they are they are very, very good. Doing a feature length is, is completely different, but I have a wonderful poet, Daniel Deschino, um, mm. and he's been giving me poems for the book, kind of, you know, to set the atmosphere. So what I was thinking for the beginning of the movie was having the poem read out before mm-hmm. before my tagline, which is death cannot kill that which is not measured by time. And then it goes into the book. Mm-hmm. I think the poems are a perfect way to begin and end it. So he's been invaluable, mm-hmm. absolutely invaluable. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great. You are making progress, you know, from one thing to another. So it's, it's not something that everyone can do. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you have to find the motivation as well. You know, sometimes you're, you, you sit and you go, right, I have to write today. I have to do this today. I have to do that today. And you've got to push yourself because nobody's going to do it for you. True. You know, it's like you've got to get to your desk, get to work. Once, you, once you're in the zone, you're in the zone, but it's finding that initial get up and go some days, and then some days you'll bounce out of bed and straight to the laptop because you've woken up with all these ideas. <laughs> but getting through the manuscript and making the changes, so not as fun as writing the book. <laughs> it's really not. <laughs> That's true. Because you can't miss a thing that's later referenced, you know, and mm-hmm. you would just look like a an idiot. So I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. So um, you are also writing a memoir. I am. Okay. It's a very personal memoir of my time in Spain. Okay. Um, I was in a relationship in Spain. I was only 17 when we met, mm-hmm. which is why I had I had to put a disclaimer at the beginning of the book. The age of the age of sexual consent in the UK is 16, so no crimes were committed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically I was a dancer and a model over there. Wow. Um, and he was a DJ, so we we had this nighttime lifestyle of basically, you know sex and drugs and partying and drinking okay. which which you can't sustain mm-hmm. you know and eventually I'll, the relationship went toxic and I came home and got my honours degree in creative writing I wanted to use my brain now instead of my face to, to make make art 
because although dancing and modelling is as a form of expression mm-hmm. and art, it's not the same as writing a book or a poem or a song. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. even doing what you do, a podcast. You know, it's fantastic. People listen and they, they enjoy it. So that's that's a great thing doing podcasts. Mm-hmm. So you were brought up in Spain? No, no. I went to live there. Um, okay. I was just turned seventeen mm-hmm. when we first went, and I I met him, and I was eighteen when I moved there, which my dad wasn't happy about. Um, <laughs> so he made my sister go with me, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they ended up they were there that often. They ended up buying a an apartment there, mm-hmm. and they were over every few months. They were over that often. People that lived there were starting to ask, "Have you moved here?" <laughs> But my dad's very protective, so he always wanted to keep an eye on me, mm-hmm. make sure there was nothing nothing bad going on. So the, the memoir is very personal. Two agents want it, but it's it's quite hard to get through. It's not as easy as writing fiction. Mm-hmm. Fiction, you can fire your first draft down as messy as it might be. Will the ideas fresh in your head? Get it down on paper. Non-fiction, you've got to put all your timelines together. Who was doing what? Where was where was such and such at that certain time? You know. So you have to be incredibly accurate. And so then, when it, it comes to when I I don't know if it is true, but I've heard that when it comes to writing a memoir or non-fiction, sometimes the author they change the name of the people whom they write about. Yes, I've done that. Okay. That's one of the if I what whichever agent I go with, basically that's a lawyer's problem to fix out. You know that's. I've put the disclaimer in and changed the names and locations, mm-hmm. um, just for the simple reason there's so many people that I can't remember their names and what they were doing at the time. So I don't want that coming back to me and ending up with a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's been changed. Um, but I think it'll be I've, I've sent the introduction to a few writers who think it's fantastic and it'll be my breakthrough novel. Um, one of them thinks it will hit the New York Times bestseller list. Wow! <laughs> yeah. You're aiming really high. It's know? it's a lot to live up to, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. People keep saying, "I think you're going to be the next big thing," and it's it's quite overwhelming sometimes, yeah. you know. And taking on this massive project, I've had to put the memoir aside for mm-hmm. the moment because mm-hmm. this is consuming. Uh, both Zach and I are completely consumed in it, you know. Mm-hmm. He's doing the screenplay. I'm making the changes. Then we'll meet up, and you know, take notes, swap notes, and what mm-hmm. what each other thinks. Mm-hmm. That's the creative process is pretty long for this kind of thing. If you're aiming for a, a feature length movie, but I'm excited. I'm positive and excited, and hope I can live up to the hype. <laughs> Yeah, I, and I think nowadays the competition is tough because when it comes to the writing and publishing industries, any online shop, any online store you visit, there are so many hundreds and thousands of books out mm-hmm. there. But, yeah, to uh, choose I, from. Yeah, because it has become easier if if people cannot do traditional publishing, they just simply go for the self-publishing. Yeah, and, uh, that's correct. Many, yeah. many, I've heard, but that uh, many people complain that sometimes the books that some people write is not even good enough. You know? Yeah. There's been well, there's a lot like that. A lot of people think they can just write a book. It's not that easy. You know, you have to. That's why I do the tips of the day. You have to have your list. You have to know your characters the way you know your friends and family. Mm-hmm. Um, in order to bring them to life on page, you have to make them vivid and believable, and you want the reader rooting, rooting for the the protagonist, you know. But not every story has a happy ending. I've always said that. So, yeah. 
don't be a be bold, don't be a fade to you know, be traditional and give the happy ending that the reader wants. Because yeah. sometimes you want the, the shock factor of, oh wow, that, that they didn't get what they wanted. In the end, or be bold, just play with words. I'm always saying play with words, play mm-hmm. with paragraphs. If you mm-hmm. find what you're writing isn't working, try a different genre. Mm-hmm. You know, like readers, writers read a lot and have a, a varied expanse of reading. So change genre, try something different. Maybe that genre is not for you. Mm-hmm. So try the story in a different way. It's, it can make all the difference to to the actual story and play with words, play with sentences, break the rules that they're to be broken. These stuff you must write like this, that and the other, break mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, be bold, take risks. Mm-hmm. I always say, don't die with dreams, die a warrior. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, usually the happy endings are usually in the romance genre. Yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's the, the follow the story arc, you know, the couple, what's standing in their way and how they overcome it and it's a happy ending. Yeah. So don't yeah. be afraid to not give them the happy ending. Don't be afraid during the arc to put something in their way that's absolutely, they cannot overcome. Because sometimes love just isn't enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, life gets in the way. Yeah. Ambition. Yeah. There's so many yeah. things that can get in the way of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I have read a lot of romance uh, novels, and most of the time, it, the story seems to be too simple. You know. Yeah. Of course, there will be some little obstacles, but nothing like major, nothing really yeah. that will actually make you interested that, oh, you know, how is this character going to overcome such a, you know, maybe something big, you know, but yeah. most of the time they make the story too simple and it's it, it just become a trend. So sometimes you will even get tired of reading yeah. the same. You get you know? bored. Yeah, because you know how it's going to end. You get to a yeah, certain point and you go, they're going be... to end up together, yes. Yeah, it so will that's be predictable. Why, yep, that's why I'm always saying to people, don't be predictable, break the rules. And every story doesn't need to have a happy ending. Um, the ending of book one isn't happy. Mm-hmm. So, and I would say the first half of book two is not happy and the second half is just full of plots and skullduggery Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is all leading into book three that makes book one make sense, make more sense Mm -hmm. so yeah that's my advice to any reader um, write the book you want to read and write it with knowledge and have your list, do your research have it mapped out before you type, you know, your name on the, the word page, whether it's untitled, work in progress, or you have a title. For me, the title didn't come to me later on. I had Heart of Midnight, Heart of Madness, Shadow, <laughs> you know, I had all sorts, and I'm going, it's not right. But as I was going, it, it just came to me. I'm also magic because he's he's a vampire and she's a witch. So it's, it's very simple and it's, it's simplicity and mm-hmm. also magic. Mm-hmm. And I thought, yeah, that works. I like that. So, yeah, there's a couple of things I'm working on that doesn't have a title yet, but the title comes. So that's something I would say don't stress about. Don't spend mm-hmm. too much time working on your title because as you go in the writing process and as you change things, something will come to you that a, a sentence will stand out and you'll go, that could be it. <clears throat> so, yeah, don't don't spend too much time on it. Just write untitled, mm-hmm. your name, the copyright, and then write your story mm-hmm. and write your first draft as quick as possible while it's fresh in your head and then go back and do the second draft and pay attention to all your notes. Mm-hmm. 
because there would be nothing worse than walking down the street and a stranger comes up and asks you something about your character that you don't know. <laughs> you know, somebody asks you something about your friends, you can answer it, so you should be able to do the same with your characters. Yeah, you're right about, you can think about the title later because uh, first of all, the story is the fo- foremost important thing. Yep, first and foremost, yeah, get it down. Mm-hmm. And you might come up with the, the title during the first draft, I didn't. It was the second draft before I came up with Immortal Magic, so don't stress about it. Just write your story, do your second draft, follow your list and write a story you want to write, you would like to read, and then the title will come to you. But read, read, read. That's any advice to anyone who wants to write a book. Read various genres, various writers. I mean, my personal favourite is Stephen King. I think he's a master of the art, the craft of writing. He really, he weaves the impossible into the probable through the story. Yeah, his own, his own is like scary. <laughs> yeah, okay. well, he writes horror, sci-fi, and psychological. He really, he gets into the human psyche, the, not the gore or the, the sci-fi part, but the, you know, that it's actually humans that are, that you should be afraid of and not the monsters. <laughs> you know, the... Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. There's a quote from him, ghosts are real and monsters are real too. They live inside us and sometimes they win. So that's where the human psyche comes in. When you're, you read certain Stephen King books, like Gerald's game, there's a thing in the corner and I can't get that thing in the corner out of my head. Like every time I read it, I'm like, what is that thing in the corner? And you know night time's coming and the suspense is building, your heart's racing and you're like, oh, I'm so glad I'm not her. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it does. Writing is seduction. Pull the, the reader in with the words and tell them a story. And hopefully they'll write it, they'll like your story. But people like different genres. You can't please everyone all the time. That's yeah. the thing. So. Just don't Google yourself and <laughs> you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, don't but, look at your reviews. Yeah, but you, you can see the reviews, like, yeah. from your readers. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's an art. Writing is like, is like anything, you know, it's subjective. It's what you take out of it. So it's going to be for you or it's not. That's basically the way I see it. So if I get a bad review, then it's just something that's not like the book or the genre mm-hmm. or the way I've written it. I, I don't take it personally because mm-hmm. you'll have on the flip side someone who absolutely loved it and sends you fan mail, mm-hmm. you know, telling you how much they loved your book. So it's it's a it's a nice edge. Just mm-hmm. don't take it personally. Mm-hmm. Art is subjective. Like music, if, if we all liked the same band, it, it would be rather boring, you know? That would mean there'd be no more musicians making other different kinds of music. <laughs> and that's a gift to the world. Music is a gift to the world. It keeps me inspired personally. That's, that's I, I do a playlist of each book I'm writing, the vibe of the book. Mm-hmm. And that's what I play when I'm writing, just to keep me, you know, on track, on focus of the vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I've heard about different writers, like as you said, that you you are comfortable listening to music while writing. Mm-hmm. And there are some people who prefer, you know, silence. And some yeah. people even go out maybe to some cafe, you know, to write. Yeah, sitting in Starbucks, writing. Well, a lot of writers like to observe people around them, what they're doing. And it is a good exercise. You can ima- you can look at someone and imagine what their life's like. Like when you leave here, where are you going? What you what do you do for a job? What shop are you going to go into? What happens when you get home? 
these are all questions that, that writers can answer in public you know you can make up a story about someone in your head so that's why you always carry a notebook um, mine's is called fucking brilliant ideas <laughs> but I carry it in case something inspires me wherever I am I've seen myself driving before caught something and I'm reaching for my notebook <laughs> trying to get it out to write it <laughs> thinking that's that's gave me an idea so yeah that's why I think a lot of writers do write outside and connecting with nature as well. A lot of people, a lot of writers write in the park. You're connected, you know, you're sitting in the grass, you're connecting with nature and the earth. And so really it depends what you're writing. But it is good to watch the public and make up stories about what their life's like. It's an, an exercise for your, your writing brain. When you're bringing characters to life. Yeah, it's, it's, I think mostly has to do with characters. Maybe you see somebody and then you will feel that, oh, my character can be like this person, you know? Yeah. Like maybe the it. physical appearance, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. And the, the like, fantasy life you've, you've created in their head for them, you know, you could use that as, as a guide, you know? Oh, I think this person's going to go to that shop. I think this person likes to wear these kind of clothes. I like, I think they like to get, you know, their hair done once a month or their nails done once a month. It's just, it's a little, the devil's in the details, that's what they say about writing, isn't it? You know, you think it's a small sentence, but it's not. It all adds up to the overall character fleshing. So it's, yeah, you have to do it all, really. It's not as easy as just sitting down and staring at a blank word page and wait for a story to come with, come at you. It, that's not how it works. <laughs> you have the story before you sit down. Yeah, I think most writers, they take even years before they are finally able to publish their books. Yeah. But then Absolutely. once, but then once somebody starts publishing books, it later becomes easier. Oh yeah, once you have, once you have your book published, you're, you're then a, a name, a household name. So the they want your next book and your book after that. And before you know it, it's just spiraling, and you know you're constantly writing new books, coming up with new ideas. It's just getting your name known first. Like Stephen King could walk into any office and they'll fight over his book. <laughs> you know, but an unknown author walks in with a book that's every bit as good as Stephen King's and they're like, get out of here. Okay. You know, the publishing industry needs to change with the times mm-hmm. since mm-hmm. people can self-publish, which means we'll have better quality books because they are being edited and presented and advertised properly. So I think, yeah, the publishing houses have to move with the times. And I think the, the literary agents have to be more open to taking more clients than just being... I understand that they want to take the books and, you know, they pick the ones that they think is going to be really big, but you never know it's going to be really big because it, something could go out and just hit with the general public and they just love it. Mm-hmm. Like, a few shades of grey, who saw that coming? Do you know what I mean? Like. Yeah, it's, it's it's not the best written book in the world, but it it's went massive and get made into movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So someone took a chance on on the writer. So that's that's what writers are looking for: someone to take a chance on them, because you just could be the next big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody should be given equal opportunities. Absolutely. Absolutely. All backgrounds, all ages, all beliefs. Anyone who writes a book should be given a a chance to read and be published properly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, even if somebody at 14 years old, if they've wrote a masterpiece, it makes no difference if they're 14 years old. 
they've wrote a masterpiece. Print it. You know, get it out in the world, advertise it. So basically, really, age is just a number. Background's just a a thing. You know, just it's the writing that matters. Mm-hmm. Especially, a lot of writers are writing, you know, important subjects like the world today, the you know, the state it's in. And these are important books that should be published because they will be part of history. So I, yeah, I would encourage it. I mean, I write supernatural, obviously, but I would encourage anyone who writes that way to write these important books because that's what will be remembered in history and write it fairly and objectively. Mm-hmm. That's the writer's job is to write the story as it needs to be told. So you don't censor your art, you know, in case you offend anyone. You, you have to write it the way it's written, the way it's, it has to be written. So yeah, I believe the, the, the world that's turned upside down and all this COVID madness, you know, like, <laughs> let's be honest, when we were locked up, you wouldn't have got through it without books or movies or music. Art is important, you know, you would have went star crazy if you didn't have those things. <laughs> so although, you know, people go, oh, you've got an English degree, what are you going to do with that? Well, I'm going to entertain people through COVID, <laughs> you know, I'm going to keep them sane. <laughs> so in a way, it's a, a mental health issue, isn't it? Art. Yeah, yeah. I think especially since the pandemic started last year and uh, many countries have been under lockdown so it's like you know people when they have been isolated in their houses it has actually uh, made the people to reflect on their life you know Mm -hmm. and some people have used this opportunity to write some book or even write about their experience during the mm-hmm. lockdown. Yeah, and that that could be an important book, you know, if you put stories together from people who wrote their experiences during lockdown, that's an important book from this pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know, people would read it and go, oh, that, I, I felt like that, you know, it would hit them. It's because it has, it's it's been a nightmare, you know, you can't, do the things you'd you normally done, like I, I do boxing, I couldn't go to the gym and that's what keeps me mentally alert and sane, you know, I go to the gym and then I come back and I write, but without books, music, you know, you would just go crazy, or writing in my case, yeah. but I'm, I'm sitting, my brain's going a million miles an hour and I'm having to write down loads of ideas or stories. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, this is like, you know, years worth of stories I've got here. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I Some few weeks ago, I read about one woman who uh, last year she wrote a book, a novel. And uh, because she had been in isolated in her house with her husband. So, you know, the feeling of isolation, you know. She, she wrote a fiction about a group of friends who are stuck in an attic in a house. So that Much. feeling of the isolation and then yeah. dealing with the people who are with you in the same room, you know? Yeah. She that... brought it out, the experience, you know, of all that. Much like the diary of Anne Frank, really. You know, that's a masterpiece, like how she felt hiding in an attic. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, books like that. That sounds really good, actually, that book. I um, I think a lot of COVID experiences, there'll be a lot of good books about it. Especially if you're, I mean, if somebody lives in a mansion, like it's not such a hardship being locked down, you've got a mansion, you know, you've probably got a pool and a tennis court. and But if you're, in a smaller house or a flat and you're in this lockdown, you, f- you feel like there's no way out. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're just like, I, I just want to get out of here. So you can imagine 
being locked up with, with more than a, a, a couple of people driving each other crazy, <laughs> it, saying the same things. You'd be like, ah, but you've got nowhere to go because you're locked up in a flat. And I guess you even get tired of seeing the same face every day. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you you FaceTime your friends just to see someone different and talk to someone different. Mm-hmm. You know, my friends and I, Trisha, we both done that a lot. But you know, when we were struggling a little bit with it, you know, we'd FaceTime each other and make each other laugh from memories of holidays and you know, funny an- anecdotes of things we've been through. Mm-hmm. And it would make you feel better, you know, mm-hmm. and it made her feel better. She was stuck in with a toddler, you know, she's got a three-year-old, so she was going extra crazy because the nursery was closed. <laughs> <laughs> and she was having to keep him entertained 24-7. Mm-hmm. So as soon as she put him down, it was, oh, relief, you know. Time <laughs> to myself, I could watch something on Netflix, mm-hmm. read a book. But yeah, FaceTiming with, with Trisha was, was invaluable because we always make each other laugh. And laughter is the best medicine. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, uh, yes. I was just going to say, if you can laugh at something, then, then it kind of alleviates the situation. It kind of makes you less stressed about it, if you can laugh about it. Yeah, I think... Somebody said that laughter is the greatest medicine. Yeah, it really is. You're feeling down and someone cracks a joke or says a funny one line on you start laughing and then it's, you know, the banter starts back and forth and it makes you forget your troubles. Yeah. Comedy. Yeah, it's true. It's genius. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, right now you are doing, is it that you are doing an editing course? Yes, a diploma on proofreading and editing. Okay. So once you finish it, you are intending to become an editor and proofreader? No, 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 I'm not. It's just another skill I can have if I want to make money on it. But no, I'm, I, I want, I'm a writer, so I want to write. And well, now that this project started, make movies. Mm-hmm. You know, with a the creative ideas between me and Zach and mm-hmm. El Bahi Studios. It's just fell into place, you know. Mm-hmm. We had a, a meeting um, last last week and it was just, the creative energy was so positive and, you know, it felt like I worked out in the gym and you hit that endorphin high. You know, mm-hmm. I was buzzing, I was buzzing all night, you know, wanting to <laughs> get to work. I was doing my changes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to have another meeting next week and see what we've both come up with and basically take it from there. It's a process mm-hmm. before we get mm-hmm. to actually shooting the trailer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you are actually doing this to uh, be able to refine your work? Yes. Okay. Yes. Because although I have the BA Honours degree in English Literature and Creative Writing, I think having editing and proofreading it will only help your writing. Yeah, yeah. You know, I might not still be able to write my own, edit my own books because you are too close to it, but it will help me, you know, structure it better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. It will so make it's... you like a professional, <laughs> professional yeah. editor. Yeah, once you get on to draft two and draft three, you know, you're refining it more so that it reads, it flows better. Mm-hmm. Because the job of the writer is just to get the story down. And then, you know, you do your first and second drafts. And if you're signed to an agent with a publishing house, it's them that usually edits it and makes it flow. But if I can do that, then it cuts significantly the processing time of releasing the book. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it saves money also. (laughs) Well, exactly. I had quotes for, for editing for five grand plus. Wow. I was like, are you insane? <laughs> Have you been smoking crack? Like, you can't pay five grand to edit a book. 
Um, but I found an editor that I really like, and she's £500 for a, a full hard edit. Um, yeah. For the whole book? For the whole book, wow. yeah. So I think I, I, I'm definitely going to go with her once I've made the changes. <laughs> it's a significant difference from five grand. Someone yeah. said he said eight. I nearly fell off my chair. Eight grand? He's definitely smoking crack. <laughs> You're like, no, don't touch. No, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, of course, of course, of course. So, but um, that's their business. Yeah, yeah. Like as you mentioned earlier about people charging money, but you don't really get the benefit from them, you know? Yeah, you like, don't like, at all. Yeah, like, like on Fiverr, you know? There are so yeah. many people there advertising their services, but I have seen that not everybody is satisfied no, because those really anyone can go on Fiverr, Fiverr and say they're this or that, and when you get the work back, it's not what you asked for. So you need to go with professionals, like on LinkedIn, connect with professionals, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. rather than go on to Fiverr. You know, if you want a good artist, find one on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have a good one, Shani, from the Art Bard. Um, she was going to do the storyboards. When initially, we were going to do a Netflix pitch. Mm-hmm. So she was going to do the storyboards for that. But um, someone from Hollywood contacted me, gave me invaluable advice, and basically said, be bold, shoot, do the script, shoot it down in an 90-second trailer and take it to Cannes. <laughs> so me and Zach were like, yes, let's do it. Let's do it. We're both risk takers, so why not? We've got nothing to lose. <laughs> that's great, that's great. And I wish you all the best for your efforts. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I, I hope to see your movie one day. <laughs> Me too, fingers crossed. I'll make sure you get a free seat. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you and whoever else you want to bring. Okay, thank you for that. So, uh, do you have any website? I mean, if anybody wants to contact you for advice, just LinkedIn. Um, you can contact me on LinkedIn. Uh, my my email address is there. Um, you don't have a website. No, not yet. Okay. <laughs> Studios has a website, um, okay. which we're shooting the trailer through. So, but I don't have a personal website, not yet. Oh wow. I so am surprised I'm really... because many people they have their own websites and everything. So yeah, yeah. That I think I'll do that after cans, so that I've got more information to put on it. You know, we've been to cans and we've spoke to, you know, X, Y, and Z from certain places. Um, it'll make more a more compelling website, I think. But right now, any writers that want advice can contact me on a DM and LinkedIn or my email address is there. Okay. All right. So uh, I think we will stop here. So thank you very much uh, for coming on the show. And like as I said said earlier, I wish you all the best. You're really doing a lot. You know, it's not something as simple as just writing a book. You are going forward, you know, trying to make it to the Cannes Film Festival. So that's not a small thing to do yeah and uh, i i hope one day i will get to watch your movie <laughs> absolutely and i think your your podcast is going to grow from strength to strength i think thank you're doing you. a great thing thank you. keep keep promoting that and it will be i think it would be really big especially having guests on it's it's, it's great mm-hmm. so all the luck in the world with that many blessings to you thank you thank you so i will include your link uh, uh, of your profile on linkedin so that if anybody needs your help or advice the mm-hmm. person can contact you you know yeah that's great yeah so uh, yep. yes so i hope it's been lovely to chat yeah thank you it's been lovely also very good we have learned a lot of things today from you 
so uh, i hope all of you enjoyed and if anybody has any advice anybody needs advice the person will can contact her and i will put mm-hmm. the link of your linkedin profile in the description yeah absolutely so, i'm more than happy to help yeah so thank all of i thank all of you for listening and i will see you in the next episode thank you all right